All right, here we go. So we're excited. We're going three weeks to China. We, we, we cannot uh, confirm nor deny what we're doing, but be <laughs> praying for us. Um, so we'll be gone for three Sundays in a row. Um, please still be here when we come back. I really appreciate it. Um, no, we, I, I know we've got some great speakers. In fact, next Sunday we've got a guest speaker. We've got Alex Neary, yeah. Pastor Alex Neary, who was originally a missionary sent from, from here to Mongolia, and he worked uh, with warlords. He, he's, he's with machine guns in his face, and then he went on to work in, in Israel, and he worked with the Palestinians. So he's coming here to speak next week. So it's exciting. Um, Alex Neary, he really is from this church. And uh, he's coming back home. He now um, goes to uh, Elam South up in Auckland, um, but he's coming home next Sunday. So please welcome Alex Neary. And so he's a big, huge man. So it's going to be fantastic. Okay. Well, maybe, maybe not so big. But anyway, <laughs> fantastic. Level up. Level up. This is part one of our series of going to the next level. Um, who, who, who recognizes this game, this, this, this uh, artwork? It is Space Invaders. Who remembers playing Space Invaders as a, as a child growing up? Uh, who was pretty good at it? Anybody pretty good? Who was, who was pretty bad at it? But you played it anyway. Yeah, okay, that's me. That's me. When, when, when I grew up, we didn't have PlayStation. We didn't have Xbox. All we had was think outside the box and play outside. That's all we had growing up. Um, but when I was in primary school, back in... Back in the 90s, no, just kidding. Back in the 80s when I was in primary school, um, my dad, for Christmas, he brought us an Amstrad computer. An Amstrad computer. This is what it looked like back then. And um, you couldn't do anything else with this computer but play games. And, and I don't know if you noticed, there's like this cassette tape. There was no cartridges. There was no disc. It was a cassette tape. So we'll get our game, and us kids will be excited. Can't wait to play our game. We'll put the cassette tape in, and, we'll, and, we, and then we'll press play to load the game. And we had to wait 20 to 30 minutes before we can actually play. So we'll ask us, yeah, come on, let's play a game. <laughs> so wait 20 minutes. Um, and then, and, but if you wanted to play a high-quality um, video game, you had to go to the local fish and chip shop and um, play what we called Spaces. We called it Spaces. You will know it as arcades. And um, so this is a picture of what it was like when I was growing up in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, in fact, I'm in there somewhere. No, oh, no, just kidding. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so um, I, and we grew up in Mangere, and so we went to uh, the local town center, Mangere Town Center, and, and there was a store we, we called it Wong's. It was called Wong's because that was the name of it. And it, it was a fish and chip shop that had heaps of arcades. I spent, before I went to school, I went there. When I finished school, I went there, and that's what we did. We hung out in, at the Spaces, as we called it. We had classic games like Defender. Anybody remember Defender? Defender, Space Invaders, we, had, we played Street Fighter 1 before Street Fighter 2. Um, WWF Wrestling, forget this WWE, you know, WWF, that's what it was. That's real wrestling, real wrestling, it was real life. Uh, and um, that's what we did. But, and, and during this time was the rise of the Sega Master System. You remember Sega, Sega, Sega Master System 2, we had Nintendo, it was just called Nintendo, it wasn't like Nintendo 64, it was just Nintendo. Um, Super Nintendo, and then was the rise of the PlayStation and the Xbox that took over the world. Okay. <laughs> but whatever video game you play, whatever video game play, no matter what era you played in, it had this simple basic rule that every level you face adversaries. 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 Every level you face adversaries. 
Okay, every level. And, and in order to, to go to the next level, you had to overcome the adversaries in each level. And every level you went, it got harder and harder and harder. In fact, if you were a newbie playing a game, you would quickly be taken out. But the experienced player, the player who never gave up, the player who persevered playing, they would begin to level up. In fact, until they get to a place where they completed every single level. And the reason why they leveled up is because the more they played, they recognized the strategies of the adversary. You recognize the, the strategies of the, of the adversary. Let me tell you, we have an adversary that wants to take you out, that wants to stop you from leveling up into the purposes and plans that God has for your life. And the, well, the, the plan of the adversary is for you to take a step back or even keep you where you are. And Because whenever there's an opportunity, there's always opposition. But we've got to understand that there's a God that lives inside of us as, who, is, who is greater than he that lives in the world. What, what may seem... Impossible to you is not impossible to God. Amen? So it's time for us to level up. We understand leveling up in life, don't we? In fact, if all the students, those who are going to school, you, you know that every year studies get harder and harder, right? It gets harder the next level. We know that, that, that um, intermediate is a lot harder than primary school. We know that high school is a lot harder than intermediate. And we know when you get to university or Wintec, it's a lot harder than when it was when we were at high school because it's designed to be like that, 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 that new, every level gets harder and harder. And, and many people quit and they give up because it gets too tough. In fact, every young person in this room, I really want to encourage you, you got to understand these few short years of studies in the scheme of life, it's really only a few years. And, and what the enemy will want, will want to do is to discourage you from studying and want you to give up and quit. Because the, the enemy knows that these few short years of study is the key to unlocking your future. And the enemy doesn't want you to have a step forward, but wants you to have a step back. So I encourage every young person in this place, if you're studying, it's time for you to level up, to go to the next level. Or, or maybe, well, if you've just had a baby, if, you, if you've never had a baby before, you've got all these new challenges coming your way. Sometimes it can be very overwhelming, but having this young child in your arm, it makes it worth leveling up, doesn't it? It's worth leveling up for, you, for the child that God gives us. Um, or maybe you're in a job and, you've been, and you're frustrated with your job. You're frustrated with your job, you know, just thinking, why am I doing this? Why am I, <laughs> why, why, why? I'm not, I'm not talking, not me. I, 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 love my, <laughs> I love my job. Okay, um, God, God, I love my job, God. And maybe God's telling you, it's time for you to do some study. Maybe it's time for you to, to level up in, in your job opportunities. It's not necessarily about getting a higher pay, but it's working in an area that you're passionate about. Maybe it's time for you to level up. And in fact, all the young ladies in this room, I want to give you some advice. If you're looking for a man to one day be your husband, here's an advice for you. Take, away, take a look at how they treat their mum. Because how they treat their mum is how they're going to treat you. That's a given. And, and, and you're probably thinking to yourself, well, you know, my man, he doesn't treat me like how he treats, treats his, his mother. But hey, let me tell you something. Uh, how the type began will revert to type. And, and, and so here's, here's an advice for you, young lady. If you're going with somebody that don't respect your mom, it's time to level up. Respect their mom, it's time to level up in your relationship and begin to, to, um, to, to look for a man that God has designed for you. Here's a tip for you young men out there. Respect your mum. <laughs> Man, this is the biggest applause I had all morning. 
Respect your mum. I'm telling you, I know it can be hard. Sometimes it's not reciprocal. Sometimes there's an issue with your mum and it doesn't come back to you. But learn to navigate through. God wants you to navigate through that and, re- and learn to respect and love your mother. Because let me tell you, whoever God puts with you, you, serve, you owe it to your future wife to respect your mother. I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now, respect your mum. Level up. Amen. Praise God. Well, let's get into the Word of God. I love the Word of God because the Word of God is so relevant for us today. It's the Old Testament, the New Testament, it's full of stories about people just like you and me who face the same issues we have. And, and as we, but the difference is God's in the story. And guess what? God knows the way out of your issue. God knows the way out of, of, of the hardship that you face today. God knows the way out. And today we're going to be looking, um, focusing on a young Jewish orphaned girl by the name of Hadassah. This young Jewish woman by the name of Hadassah. Now the story, this, the book that is found in the Bible is actually really quite scandalous. Who likes reading scandalous books? I'll tell you what, the Bible's full of scandalous books. It's quite, it's full of, it's full of divorce, it's full of, uh, this book we're going to read is full of virgins, it's full of eunuchs. It's, full, it's, got, it's got harems in there, it's got seduction, it's got concubines, it's, there's a murder plot, there's political schemes, there's execution and mass murder. Wow. Okay, does this sound interesting? Now this book that we're going to be looking at is the book of Esther. The book of Esther. Now the book of Esther is set in the Persian Empire. Around 486 BC. Now Hadassah, was raised by her cousin Mordecai. So Mordecai was like a father figure to Hadassah. In fact, Mordecai, he worked as an official in the king's palace in the Persian Empire. Well, around this time, the king at the time was King Xerxes I. Everybody say King Xerxes I. King Xerxes I. We're just going to call him King Xerxes because he was the first, okay? Now, King Xerxes, he, he, uh, he was a, a, large, a larger-than-life character. In fact, we've got an image of, of him on the wall, if we put that up, that's, that's him there. He's the one sitting on the throne, just in case you don't know. And that's the picture we, we have of King Xerxes. In fact, there are some ancient depiction of what he may have looked like. In fact, I've got a modern day picture of our modern day movies that made movies about this King Xerxes, what he could look like. So here we have it. We've got an ancient depiction of what he looked like, and there's a modern take of what King Xerxes looked like in our movies. And if some of you who will see this picture will recognize that movie, where's that movie from? The 300, Sparta. Yeah, the Spartan, the Spartan warriors, the 300. So, so uh, in our um, present day um, depiction of King, King Xerxes, he, he obviously has less hair and too much nipple. So um, let's go back to the other one, because that, yeah, that's far too much nipple, nipple for a morning. Okay, so we've got King Xerxes. King Xerxes, he, his, uh, his father was King Darius, and, and King Darius was was with, with Daniel when Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. So here we have King Xerxes. The story begins in the, in the book of Esther when, when King Xerxes banishes his wife because she never came because he summoned her. Can you imagine what that would be like today if you banished your wife because she didn't come when you summoned? Okay, I know, terrible, 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 bad, 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 bad man. Okay. And so because he banished his wife, the king needed a queen. And so began the quest to go throughout the Persian Empire and all the kingdoms and select the most beautiful young girls, virgins, 
virgin girls, and they were selected to come to the king's palace where they went for, through 12 months of beauty therapy. Anybody would like to go through 12 months of beauty therapy? <laughs> um, Hadassah, Hadassah was one of these young girls, and, and uh, Mordecai, being, um, being a, an official of the palace, he understand the, the political um, things that were going on at that time. And so he urged Hadassah to change her name, to hide her, her Jewish ancestry, her, her, who she was as a Jewish young woman, right? And so, um, so she changes her name from Esther, uh, sorry, from Hadassah to Esther. So it may sound kind of cool that she's got this free treatment, you know, eat whatever she wants, but, but you know, Hadassah, she didn't plan that. She didn't plan to be ripped from her family as, at, at a young age and placed in a, in, in a place that's foreign to her, forced to go through beauty treatment. She didn't plan that. She didn't plan that, that she had, her, her purpose was to have one night with the king. Now, if she was able to seduce the king and be chosen as the queen, uh, that would be a good thing. But if she failed, her life meant that she was locked away in some harem away from her family. She didn't plan that. She didn't plan to have her name changed um, to, to Esther just to protect her, her, her uh, ethnic identity. She didn't plan that. Just like in life, when people have babies at a young age in high school, you didn't plan that. When you lose your job and, and, and for whatever reason, you didn't plan that. You didn't expect to lose your job. Or, or when a loved one dies suddenly, you didn't expect that. And, and no matter what happens in life, and we, we, we sometimes have to have a tough upper lip. Like society tells us, just, just have a tough upper lip, you know, harden up, take some concrete pills and she'll be right, mate. And sometimes we have to level up because we have to. Well, Esther finds herself in that very exact, exact position where she has to, has to level up, and, and she's forced to. But as we begin to read the story of Esther, the favor of God is, is upon her life. And, and that one night she has with, with the king became another night, then another night. And, and, and Esther won the favor of the, of the king, and she became queen of Persia, Queen Esther. The story, and, and you think, wow, what a great ending, but, but wait, there's more. There's more to this story because, because under, under this, in fact, here's a picture of what the, this they may have looked like on the wall. Here they are. This, this is a, this artist's depiction of what Queen Esther and King Xerxes may have looked like. But during this, there was, there was, this, there was, this, there was another story underneath this, and, and it was really a story about, about Haman, who was second in charge to the king, the king's right-hand man. Now, Haman had a hatred, a real hatred towards the Jewish people, more so to Mordecai, Mordecai being Queen Esther's cousin, the one who raised her. And the reason why he had real hatred towards Mordecai, he was an official in the palace. Now, King, now, now Haman, he had this rule, if wherever I walk, I want everybody to bow to me because I'm second in charge of, to the king, so you must bow to me. While Mordecai refused to bow before Haman because he bows, he's a Jewish man, he bows to nobody but to the king of kings. This infuriated Haman, that he went to the king and he, and he began to plot the destruction of the Jews. And, and, he, and he went to the king, hey, king, we need to get rid of these people. They're troublemakers. They're, uh, they're, they're Jewish people. They don't respect you as king. They've always had rebellion. We look at the history. They had rebellion after rebellion. They won't bow before you. We need to wipe them out. And the king's like, well, okay, you're my advisor. If you think this is what we should do, let's do it. So the king makes a decree. You got to understand something. When the king makes a decree, it, it can't be revoked. It's got to happen. 
And the decree is this, that, that on a certain day, every Jewish man, woman, and child will be put to death. It was the annihilation of the Jewish people. See, when you look through history, the enemy has been trying to wipe out God's people, but God has always come through because they're God's chosen people. Yeah. And Hitler, that was that's, that's one part of history of many when, where the enemy tried to wipe out the Jews. Uh, you know, Pharaoh tried to wipe them out. The Romans tried to wipe them out. This story after story, Haman tried to wipe them out. So Mordecai, after hearing this, he's devastated. But he realizes that, that, that his cousin, the, Esther, Queen Esther, holds the key to the survival of the Jewish race. So he sends message to, to Queen Esther, telling them, telling her exactly what, what's going on. And so this is where we find ourselves in the story. So if you've got your Bibles, got your devices, want to turn with me or switch on your device to Esther, chapter 4, verse 9. Hathak went back and reported to Esther what Mordecai had said. Then she instructed him to say to Mordecai, all the king's officials... And the people of the royal provinces know that for any man or woman who approaches the king in the inner court without being summoned, the king will have them put to death. The only exception to this is for the king to extend the golden scepter to him and spare his life. But 30 days have passed since I've been called to go to the king. So Esther's response to Mordecai was this. No. No, you can understand her predicament. You can understand where she will have this attitude. You know, do you understand, Mordecai, what I've suffered, what I've lost? I know I'm in the palace right now, but I was the one who was separated from, uh, from you. I was the one that, that, that was forced to go through all these treatments. I was the one who had, to, who had to endure trying to seduce this guy. I was the one, you know, I deserve to be comfortable right now. I deserve just to sit back, and you want me to put that at risk? Do you, do you understand what this king is like? Have you seen the movie 300? Do you know how temperamental that king is? He got rid of the queen because she, she never came. Can you imagine? He hasn't seen me in 30 days. This could be an excuse to get rid of me. There's plenty of potential queens in the harem. You want me to put it all at risk just for this? I, I don't think so. I, I deserve to be pampered. I deserve this treatment. I deserve to be comfortable. Sometimes we can be like that, can't we? Sometimes God nudges us in the spirit and, and, and says, look, there's, there's a need that I want you to meet. And, and, and while um, that may be cool, but you know, um, I've worked really hard to where I am. I used to meet lots of needs, but I'm sure someone else can meet their needs. I've done my bit. I've done my bit. I just will just sit. Or, or maybe God's nudging you to serve in church and you're like, well, I've served many years in church. I, I deserve just to, just to sit. I've done my, but I'm comfortable where I am right now. It's, it's all good. Maybe God's been nudging you at your spirit to invite somebody to church. But you're like, wow, you know, God, you know how hard I've worked to get to my position and my job. And now you want to, it's going to make it kind of awkward now in my situation. I don't want to be known as that religious guy. And I'm like, God, you know, thank you for nudging, but I'm comfortable where I am. I've worked really hard to get to my position. But, but okay, but no thank you. No thank you at all. You know, when God begins to move us to new levels, 
you will encounter various forms of opposition. You will. And you have. As you move forward, the devil wants to move you backwards. When you move forward with God, the devil wants to move you backwards or at least keep you where you are. You know, the devil, he will orchestrate opposition to your thoughts and your feelings. See, some of your greatest battles, some of your greatest oppositions, it's up here in your mind. It's fought in your head. And, and we fight against flesh and blood. But we fight against the principalities and the power that be. It's, God wants you to level up. You will face opposition, but you will also find opportunity. Amen? Verse 12. When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. Just because you're the, you're the queen, just because you're queen, doesn't mean that you're going to be safe. People will find out. They'll find out that you are a Jew. And if you are a Jew, the, the king's law is law. Every Jew will be put down, regardless if you're in the palace or not. For if you remain silent at this time, Relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. If you're, if you're going to be silent at this time, Esther, if you want to stay back and be comfortable, God's calling you to step out. But, but if you remain silent, God will use someone else. But God will rather use you. You know, the, God positions us in situations where he nudges our spirit, but he's not going to force us to step into our potential. He doesn't force us to do that. What the enemy will do was bring up a whole bunch of oppositions to stop you from stepping forward. But God has called us to level up. God wants to use you. How many opportunities have we walked by? When God nudged you, come on, I want to use you, and you walk by. So God used another family to spend $24 to make some lunch to take it to the homeless. And if you're sitting here right now, I know we can be afraid sometimes. We can be afraid that we miss the opportunity to do what God has called us. And, and if you've been there, I know I've been there, where, where I felt, but I was like, I don't know, I don't, and, and, and I pause and, and I miss an opportunity, but God really wants to use you. But please, do not think that you've missed your opportunity with God. Don't, don't think that at all. Because if you think you've blown God's plan for your life, Rest in this. You, my friend, are not that powerful. You can't ruin God's plan. You're not that powerful. If God's knocked on your door, God's going to knock again and again. Because God, when God created you, he created you with purpose. He had a plan for your life. And he's going to keep knocking until you step into your potential. So if you miss an opportunity, guess what? God's going to knock again. You to step into your potential. Because you, my friend, you're not that powerful. So if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And I love this. And who knows, but that you have come to a royal position for such a time as this. Say, so Esther, your position as the queen, who knows, 
that the reason why you're there was for this very reason, that God has orchestrated, that he, that, that he, has, he has put his favor on your life for you to bring deliverance for the Jews, but only you can step into your potential. Only you can do that, Esther. Who knows that you've been raised for such a time as this. You know, God has placed you in your work- workplace. He's placed you in your places of education. He placed you there. He didn't place me there. I can't reach the people you can reach. Only you can reach the people you can reach. You, you, you think you have no purpose? Look around you. Look at the people that you connect with. These are the people that God has placed you there for such a time as this. You were born 20 years ago. You weren't born 40 years ago. You weren't born 80 years ago. I'm just trying to get all the, the ages. You weren't born all those. Uh, you, were born, you were born for this time, for this season, for such a time. Because God wants to use you now. Only you can step into your potential. Only you can step into your purposes of life. And all the enemy wants to do is for, to make you take a step back. It's time to level up. I love what Mark Twain said. He said this, there are two great days in a person's life. The day we are born and the day we discover why. You have a purpose. We run what's called the growth track. And the purpose of the growth track is, is, is for you to find your purpose. That's it. Find your purpose. Find your place. Make a difference. Verse 15. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. Go, gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my maids will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went away and carried out all of Esther's instructions. So what was the difference? She went from being afraid to all of a sudden to a place where she said, well, if I die, I die. What was the difference? The difference was her position, not her position in the palace, but her position with God. She placed herself, because when she, in her natural position, she was full of fear. And in your natural position, in your, in your marriage or wherever you are, if you stay in your natural position, you can be full of fear, fear of losing your husband, fear of losing your wife, fear of losing this relationship, fear of losing your job. And, we'll, and, and, and this can grip us. And these are the strategies of the enemies that keep you from stepping into your potential. But what changed for her was her position in God. She positioned herself in the presence of God. And when you position yourself, in the, because God is love, and perfect love drives out all fear. It drives out all fear. So when you're, in the, when you're in the presence of God, what, what seems like something that's impossible coming your way is not impossible with God. And when you understand who, who is with you, you begin to understand the strategies of the enemy. And when you understand the strategies of the enemy, that's when you begin to level up. So what did Esther do? She leveled up. How does she level up? She got in close proximity with God. She got in a close relationship with God. How did she do that? She fasted for three days. She fasted for three days. Fasting is when we voluntarily choose to give up something of value to us and replace it with an intimate time spent with God. That's getting close with God. That's getting in a relationship with God. What are you willing to do to level up? 
to stay comfortable where we are, trying to face these issues and troubles on your own. Let me tell you, or get in close relationship with the God who knows the way out. He knows the way out of your situation. He's far greater than, than whatever you're facing right now. But it's about being in a, spending intimate time with God, getting close proximity. What are you willing to give up to receive from God? So fasting is when we voluntarily choose to give us something of value to us and replace it with intimate time spent with God. See, for me, food is very valuable. Kai for Christians is very invaluable. KFC. But I will give, I'll give that in a heartbeat to continue to stay in a close proximity with my God. Amen? Amen? See, every time God puts new ideas in our hearts, dreams, visions, or, or new opportunities, there's always opposition. Always opposition. Yeah, God consistently calls us to new levels. But with every new level, there's always opposition. But, but we should because he that is in us is far greater than he that is in the world. And with every opposition comes opportunity. Opportunity. See, these oppositions that comes our way, this doesn't surprise God. When something huge is coming away, God's got this huge opportunity coming away. That doesn't surprise God. It didn't take him off guard. Whoa, I didn't see that coming. That nothing surprises God. What seems impossible to you is not impossible to our God. It's time for us to level up. You know, church, I'm, we're going to go a bit longer than normal this morning. Because I really want, at this point, I really want to share about our vision for the next couple of years here in, in Elam Church, Hamilton. And I, and I really believe that God has called, our, has called our church to level up, to go to the next level. That, that opportunity are coming our way. Now, if we don't step up, God will use someone else. But God has called us for such a time as this. Yeah. And with every opportunity, will come opposition. But see, let me tell you something, that doesn't surprise God. That doesn't faze God. We should not fear. Because the perfect, because you know, this church, we're not perfect. This church isn't perfect, but, the, but there's a perfect God who lives in this church. And it's because perfect love drives out all fear. And so let's, let's begin to look at our, our journey ahead. Before we can really talk about where we're going to be go, where we're going to go in the next couple of years, let's lock screen. Let's really take a look. Let's take a look at where we are right now, our current situation. Now, our current situation is this. We, we, we have a mortgage of $1,456,000. That's our current mortgage. Per month, we pay the bank $7,000. They love us. They, well, they really love us. Uh, uh, us, the fact they do whatever, whatever they can for us to keep signing and keep paying this interest. So we're not even paying off our mortgage. We're just paying the bank $7,000. We are paying $1,000 of principal per month. So um, that's, what we, that's how much we're paying off this mortgage. Now, our, our accountant who, who's external, who's, who's not part of our church, our external accountant, Abacus Accounting, they crunched the numbers and, and, and they, they came up, well, before we get into crunching the numbers and getting into that, this, this here is paid by our current lease 
people that we've got, we've got leasing a building. We've got Nalco at the back and we've got CrossFit. Now, the, the rent that they pay to us covers, covers um, our interest and our principal per month, which means every, everything that you give, everything you give to the church goes directly into ministry. It goes directly into mission, goes directly into reaching our community, goes into the schools, goes into um, uh, uh, preaching the gospel message. That's where your money goes. But, but this here pays for our mortgage, what we've currently got. And, and so uh, everything in white, that's us, Elam Church, how we operate right now. That house up next door, that's our Sparks house. We'll uh, all we'll, we'll, our little kitties go every Sunday. So the accountant, they did a, uh, they crunched the numbers and the, the, our accountant worked out that at our current rate, we will, it will take us 116 years to clear the debt. 100 and, 116 years to clear the debt. So maybe my grandchildren, maybe my great-grandchildren, I don't know. Um, uh, they may be around here to experience being debt-free. But I don't know about you, but, but God has, has called us not to, um, not to be, to, has called us to be the head and not the tail. God has, has called us to be the lender, not the borrower. And, uh, and I know Don, uh, Don Woods, is, is he here today? He's sick? Oh, surely, surely uh, the wife of Don <laughs> is here. Uh, or should I say, Don is her husband. Okay, let's put it that way. Well, he, he, he gave this word, he said, this is what this word that he gave, he said that God himself will burn up the debt. And I'm like, that sounds really good, Don. Oh, five, that sounds great. Um, but, we've got this, but we've got to walk in, in reality. And so this is where we are now. But God has, has brought some amazing opportunities before us. For us, this, this journey really started with a, a resurgence or, or um, a reconnection. Um, what, before I get into Elam, this is what Elam is found in Exodus chapter 15, verse 17. And, and it was really the first oasis that, the children of Israel, when they crossed through the Red Sea, it was the, the authentic, the first oasis that they came across where, where there were 12 springs and, and 70 palm trees where they were refreshed, where they refreshed, where they reconnected again. And so that's what Elam means. It's, it's, being, it's refreshing. It's, um, what's another word starts with R? Re, rejuvenated. Restored. That's what I'm looking for, where it was restored. Well, people are restored. Great, I feel like I'm doing like uh, two syllables, one word, okay. Okay, anyway, um, it was a place of restored, and for us, it, there was a, a restoration of, of, of cultures, and particularly the, um, the young Māori men and, and women in our church, and, and last year, we, we see them trying to reconnect and try this identity between them as Māori and them as, the, the identity as them in Christ, and and. How can these worlds come together? And we've been on this journey. And, and, and Tami Aho here, he's, he's been leading our kapahaka every Tuesday. In fact, there is now an opportunity for us to um, get into um, levels and getting level three and performing arts and some exciting things ahead. But it was really uh, a really connection of um, coming together of the, the, the Maori story really is the gospel story. Because you've got to understand something. Th- this nation has already experienced a revival. This, this nation has a really, in fact, it was estimated over 80% of this country came to know Jesus Christ. And 80% of those numbers were Maori. So this country has already experienced a revival, but it's been forgotten. So there's been a, a resurgence of, 
of reconnecting again. And so it was this idea of this cultural center, this opportunity that, that, um, that, that we can begin to establish and, and begin to teach uh, uh, young men and women about who they are as Maori, but who they really are as, as, uh, as Christians, and that, that, that your identity is, is really founded on Jesus and everything else, everything, whatever culture you're from, is founded on Jesus. And, and then became the opportunity that now we can share this experience with our local schools and, and in fact, opening it up. And, and um, in fact, through, through, through times came an opportunity where, where the Maori king blessed what we were going to do. Gave us a blessing. He said, look, you, you go and you teach about the kingi tanga. The kingi tanga is the, is the Maori, Maori king movement. And, and the kingi tanga is really is founded upon the gospel. Without the gospel, there will be no kingi tanga. And so, the, and so we were entrusted to share the story of the kingi tanga about the gospel. And, as we, and, and, and then begin to share this in our community, to our schools. And the schools are coming to learn about the kingi tanga. But what we're really doing is teaching them the gospel message. And that's an awesome opportunity coming our way. But it's more than that. In fact, um, we're partnering with um, Raka Humarie, who, who, which is an arm of the Kingi Tanga. In fact, um, now there are international groups want to come to this site and learn about the Kingi Tanga. So now we've got international groups coming here to learn about the Kingi Tanga. But what we're really doing is, teach, is teaching them gospel message, teaching them about the love of Jesus and how Jesus can transform people, how Jesus brought a revival in this country. And if Jesus can do it, he can do it wherever you, wherever you come from. So uh, like we're excited. We're excited as an eldership. We're excited as a church that, that, um, that, that nations are coming to this place to hear the gospel message. Now, what does this look like for us? And so for us developing our cultural center, and so if we can go to the next, next slide. And, and so now if you can look to this side of, 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 the, of the drawing, we've got our cultural center. Now our, our house for Sparks is gonna be turned into a, 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 a full cafe. So we'll have a full cafe. This, this whole operation is, is run by the church. The church will, is gonna run this whole operation. We've got a nice concrete pad going out there. So Sparks will move into the seminar room. Our kids will have a nice little concrete patio to ride their trikes on. Um, and, um, and we've got this nice cafe that we can use for ministries. We can use for growth track and other things. But, but this will now become a center, this cultural center, where, where our community will come, where international groups will come to learn about the King Tanga, but we're really talking about the gospel message of Jesus Christ, the saving power of our Lord and Savior. Now, the accountant crunched the numbers. So, so the purpose of the cultural center is about, is about preaching Christ. That's our purpose. Now, now, just the byproduct of what we're doing, this is, this is just the byproduct. Now, the income that we as a church will receive for the cultural center, the, the accountant they forecast that by 2020, we will have our debt paid off by 2020. Now, um, it's interesting. The way that we clear our debt is by preaching Christ. That when we, when we lift up the name of Jesus, he will draw all men unto himself, that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. So that Lord himself will burn up the debt by preaching Christ, not by any, any of our own uh, means, but God himself is in this. So 
by 2020, what is that gonna look like for us as a church? We have now got this great opportunity going forward. If you go to that next slide, the blue, here we go. Now by 2020, 2020, we no longer need, we won't need Nalco, we don't need CrossFit. Now we've really got a blank slate. Now we've got serious income, which is just a byproduct, just by preaching Christ. Now we've got some serious income coming in the church. So there are, there are some great opportunities, and God began to rebirth and rekindle the vision, the original vision for this site, for this church. And so what we see in 2020, 2021, this is potential. This is potential for this church. This is, this is the era, potential era for us to step into. It's up to us to step into it. And what we see, we see a new Elam Conference Center. We see a redeveloped cultural center that is, that, that is just not about the Maori culture, but now we've got the Pacific culture and how God, God came through the Pacific. And, and so things begin, and so this cultural center is beginning to, 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 uh, to be strengthened. We see a high performance sports fitness arena. We see a creation experience museum. We see an education center. We see Elam Health Services. We see international accommodation. So you gotta understand something. This may seem like new vision to, if you're here, you've been part of our church for maybe five years or so, this may seem like new vision. But for us who've been here 10 years and more, this is old. Before we came to this site, we were, we, this church was positioned at the Hamilton Lakes, 15 Corfi Street. Now on 15 Corfi Street, we had a debt-free building. Our senior pastor at that time, Pastor Bob Lawson, and Pastor Margaret Lawson, who, who are still our senior, we still consider them our, our senior pastors. Whenever I have any issues, I ring them up, hey, Puddles, she's not making my coffee right. No, it's just going to... And he's like, I told you, green tea. Green tea, can't go wrong. Just Anyway, so, so he had this vision to come to this site, to come to this site. But this goes back even more than Pastor Bob. Well, let's go back 30 years. This church has been here for over 50 years. 30 years ago, Pastor Les Kovic had a prophetic word for this area, that there will be a significant church built on this location. So 12 years ago, when Pastor Bob had a vision to come here, we were like, let's, that's God's prophetic word coming to be. So we came here 12 years ago. Now, behind me is a handout from 2006. This is the handout. When we first were coming to this location, so you got 15 Corfire Street where we were, this was the handout. And Pastor Bob and Pastor Margaret had a vision of a new Elam Center built on this location. In fact, when you go to the next slide, next slide, and this is what, the, this, is what this building looked like when we first came here. Okay, it looked like this. And um, this is what we saw. What Pastor Bob and Pastor Margaret saw, they saw an, a new Elam Center. In fact, as you see, they saw daycare, they saw kindergarten, they saw cafe, medical center, and commercial industrial buildings. Other, the other that he had was, was international accommodation. He had a fitness center. So the vision that we're sharing it is not new. It's something that we've been praying for for 12 years. This is what our men's prayer meeting have been praying every morning for 12 years faithfully. So this opportunity that we are stepping in, it's gonna come with opposition. So we as a church, what do we need to do? We need to pray. I went to the men's prayer meeting on Wednesday. They almost had a heart attack when I turned up. 
And I laid down the vision. I said, going forward, we're going to need you to pray. We're going to need you to pray. And you know what? It was like um, um, children in a candy store when I told them the vision. They were so excited. They were excited because they've been praying for 12 years. They knew this day was coming. They knew this day was coming. So they've been praying. And and so we're we're stepping into new new ventures going forward. You know, uh, beginning of the year, we started 21 days of prayer and fasting. And we focused on First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 10. And it's the prayer of Jabez. And this is what we prayed in February this year. And Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you will bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand will be with me and that you will keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted what he requested. The Lord, may you bless us indeed. Lord, you've blessed us. May you bless us more. Lord, may you enlarge our territory. May you enlarge our influence. Lord, Lord, you do what you do. But Lord, we can't do this without you. Now that you've given us this opportunity, may your hand be with me. We can't do this without you. We need to be in close proximity with you. Lord, may you keep us from evil. Lord, may you you keep us from causing pain so that God granted the request. Now, I'm excited stepping forth, but I know that as a church, I know as a church that we've got to do this together. So what, the vision that we have as a church going forward, we are, we are calling the church to what we call First Wednesday. Now, First Wednesday will be held in the first Wednesday of every month, which is why we call First Wednesday. And for us, as a church, every, the first Wednesday starting in August is a day of fasting, A day of fasting. <laughs> Eat up the day before. The day of fasting. We, 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 seriously, it's about, it's about being in an intimate, close relationship with God. Because, you know, we've got to be prayed up. And in fact, Wednesday night, the first Wednesday of every month, we'll come together from 7 to 8 o'clock. It's going to be one hour because we're going to honor your time. There'll be no connect groups that week. We're just going to come together for one service. All connect groups will be canceled that week um, and during the first Wednesday. And we'll come together as a church and where we'll have communion together, where we'll have worship and, and prayer. And this, and this is going to be first Wednesday. It starts on 1st of August. 1st of August. And this is, this is God is calling us to prayer. Calling us to prayer. It's time for us to level up. See, I'm excited stepping forward. This is just potential. But are we willing to step into our potential? With every potential comes opposition. Are we willing to be as a church, in prayer? Are we willing as a church to be fasting, to get in close proximity with God? Unless the Lord builds his house, we labor in vain. And we do not want to be laboring in vain. The, the Lord himself will build his house. You know, Don, he always says this. Don says this. He always goes on, you hear Don, he goes, he tangata, he tangata, he tangata. And, and I looked it up because I don't actually really know the context of this. And it's an old Maori proverb, proverb and, and, and it's this. What is the most important thing in the world? He tangata, he tangata, he tangata. It's the people. It is the people. It is the people. And God has called us to reach people for his kingdom. This is our mission. This is our purpose. He's called us for such a time as this. 